0: and I preached a message entitled, God's Got This. This church seven years ago was going through the loss of a pastor. Your pastor before me didn't move to another location. He moved to a better life. And there had been grieving. And when I walked in the church, I preached this message on a phrase that had just come into my life. A couple of months before, I had stood in a hospital room with a powerful man of God who had gotten the flu while flying on a plane. And he was in a hospital. He was in his 80s, I believe. He was in the hospital. And he was feeling good. And I remember saying, God's got this few weeks later in the church that we pastored in Ohio, we had, we had a young baby, uh, a lady that gave birth to a baby and there was problems in the birth. And as we sat at the children's hospital in Columbus, Ohio, and we met with the doctors and the nurses and they told that mother that there was no hope for that child. That it would never have any kind of life. That it would never move out of the fetal position. It would always be on machines. And that the wisest thing she could do would be to disconnect the machines and watch her baby die. Somehow in my spirit, somehow in my heart, I said, God's got this. And that little baby today is seven years old. Still living. Having some challenges, but still living a life and moving in God's power, and because of those events, when I came here to interview, I walked in with these words: "God's got this." I preached from Genesis chapter fifty. You intended this for harm, but I, but God intended this to save a people. And I said, "God's got something planned." And as I got here and began to preach, it wasn't long, we put God's got this on the back wall. We began to talk about how God was in charge. We got to the place that most of you didn't like me because I would look at you and say, God's got this. Sarah's giving me that look right now. Like We even got to the place that I wanted to slap some of you because you looked at me and said, God's got this. It's been the statement of my seven years in this church, and so I felt like there was only one way to leave, and that was by saying, "God's got this. So I want you to open your Bibles with me. Yes. Uh, open your Bibles with me. We're going to go We're going to go to Second uh, Timothy. This thing is blowing me up. You're just going to have to follow me. We're going to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 5 and 8. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 5 and 8. It's what the Word of the Lord says. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. As for me, my life is already poured out as an offering to God the time of my death is near i have fought a good fight i have finished the race i have remained faithful and now the prize awaits me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will give me on the day of his return and the prize is not just for, for me but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing let's go to the lord in prayer Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you right now. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your power, for your anointing, for your peace, for your mercy, and for your grace. And Lord, I want you to guide the words that I say today, Lord Jesus. Allow me to walk in your, in your your in your victory and in your power. Allow me to speak, Lord, with your mercy and your grace. And Lord, let me one more time Speak a word into this church that doesn't end at the end of a sermon. But rather, Lord, allow me to speak a word into this church that carries them further and further and further into your knowledge and into your will. Lord, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. As I began to look at this passage of scripture. And I began to think about what it means to say goodbye. I began to realize that what it means should be very little. Because me saying goodbye to you should not change where you are. Me saying goodbye to you should be a change of my ministry, a change of location. But it should be a continuation and even an acceleration of the ministry that God has placed in your life and in this church. As I begin to think about this, I begin to look at this passage of Scripture. The first thing that I see that Paul says to Timothy, his disciple, is keep a clear mind. Keep a clear mind. Now I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a little out of character today, because uh, I'm gonna preach a little straightforward. I'm not gonna sugarcoat today like I have most of the last seven years. I, I, I'm gonna be a little more direct this morning because what are you gonna do? Kick me out? <laughs> hey, 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 Evangelist Tommy is in the house because I don't have to deal with the problems. I can just stir them up and leave. But, but. The first thing that I want to tell you is keep a clear mind. You see, in these times of transition, in these times of change, sometimes we run into a situation where we're like, you're leaving me. How am I going to make it? What are we going to do? Keep a clear mind. I got news for you. I'm just a person. I'm just a person. When we begin to now, I want you to think about this scripture, man. The guy writing this was Paul. Paul. He called Timothy his son, and he's not talking about moving across the country. Paul says, "I'm about to die. You ain't You can't call me. You can't follow me on Facebook." You can't, you can't send a Marco Polo. I'm going to die. But what does he tell Mark, uh, to Timothy? He looks at Timothy and he says, keep a clear mind. Now, if you read ahead, if you read up before we get to this, he talks about there's going to come a day where people don't want to listen. Well, we're there. There's going to come a time where there's going to be some Gossip. There's going to be some talk. There's going to be some whispers. I know it's been seven years since you've been through a pastoral change. There's going to be some whispers. Dear Lord, Did you hear that? Pastor Tommy leaves, and then Dwayne and Jay Bay follow him. Did you hear? I don't know if anybody knows this, but I'm going to say it. Did you hear Pastor Brian's interviewing at Pastor Tommy's church in two weeks? He just. What are we going to do? Let me tell you something. Keep a clear mind. Don't let the whispers, don't let the distractions. Don't let the questions, don't let the doubt begin to cloud your mind to where you start making insane, unspiritual, unscriptural, and ungodly statements and thoughts like we can't do it now. Mm -hmm. This church is a harbor for hurting souls. It was a harbor for hurting souls when I got here, and it'll be a harbor for hurting souls when I'm gone. This church has a purpose and a mandate to reach the loss of this city. We're here to love God, live like Jesus, follow the Holy Spirit, and serve the world. That's not me. That's this body. We've got to keep a clear mind. Oh, I'm in the same boat. I got to have a clear mind when I get to Indiana. Indiana. Because I got news for you, life spring is not soul's harbor. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be different. There's going to be new challenges. There's going to be new difficulties. There's going to be new things I've got to face. But I've got to know to keep a clear mind. Paul says to Timothy, keep a clear mind. You need to know what's going on in your life. You need to understand He said, I'm going to go back to verse 3. It says, for time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear mind. In every situation, in every situation, think as God would think. I'm going to tell you, you're about to select a new pastor. Can I give you some last-minute advice? Don't pick a pastor that's nice to you. Don't, Don't say, oh, we've had enough walking on our toes. We want somebody that's going to come in and be nice and cheery. But at the same point, don't pick a pastor it steps on your toes just because that's what I did. Can I tell you something? When God brings change, God brings change. Don't you go in. Keep a clear mind. Don't go into a pastoral selection trying to find somebody that looks and acts like Pastor Tommy. Number one, you may find that's hard to find. Because most people that are as weird and crazy as I am have been kicked out of ministry long before they get a chance to come to a church like this. Because I've poured way too much into you. Let me tell you something. Keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be looking for somebody that looks just like me or acts just like me or talks like me. Be seeking God and say, God, you show us the power and the authority and the strength. But then Paul doesn't stop there. He says, keep a clear mind in every situation. And then he goes on, he says, don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Don't be afraid. The words that I want to leave this church with is don't be afraid. God's got this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of, oh, I can't come back because it won't be the same. I-, I might as well. What are you going to do? Stomp on my feet and run me out of town? Some of you. Some of you. The question is, are you going to come back next week? question is, where were you last week? tell you something. I'm humbled and honored that you're here today. And I thank you. But I'm going to tell you, if you don't have another home church that you're in regularly, you need to find a church and get in it. Quit being afraid that God may convict you. Quit being afraid that God may challenge you. Quit being afraid that God may push you. Yeah, God's going to change your life. When you understand God's got this mentality, he changes everything in you. You don't look the way you looked two years ago. Three, has it been that long? Wow. You don't look like you don't look like way you did two years ago either, because you're growing. God messing you up. He's just spinning you upside down. Why? Because you let him. Don't be afraid. Dwayne and J-Bay. Lord, when they started coming, Dwayne just followed his wife because he's scared of her. I ain't scared of her. All of a sudden, God got a a hold of his life. And now, he's the one driving this. Why? Because God said, I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to change the way you look at stuff. I'm going to change the way you are. Paul looks at Timothy and said, look, I'm about to die. But listen, don't be afraid. Your power, your strength, your anointing is still here. These altars still have the power. There's still a river running through here. The wind is still blowing. The same move of God is still here because the move has always been a God and not of a pastor. We've got to understand in time of transition, in time of change, God's got this. Therefore, we have no reason to fear. We have no reason to doubt. I've already heard some of you say, I don't know. I don't know. I love Sister Wanda. I've heard Sister Wanda say for years, even before a few times I thought, man, is she trying to tell me something? I've heard her say, well, I've seen them come and I've seen them go. I've seen them come and I've seen them go. Man, I she was saying that when I just got here, and I'm like, well, you want to see me go? I, I don't. Let me tell you something. Don't be afraid. God is still in control. God's got this. Paul goes on talking to Timothy. He says, "He says you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Do not be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news. Work at telling others the good news. Pastor, what good news are you talking about? The good news is about Christ, not about me. Well, why do we have a house full today? Because people told people that it was my last Sunday. It was on Facebook. Dear Lord, I put up a thing on Facebook that I needed help loading the truck. I had people show up, load my truck I didn't even know. I never. I, I told them all yesterday, I, I've never been in a place that wanted me out of town so bad. They come and, I mean, they brought people from the streets to get my stuff loaded. I get him loaded up. They loaded our bathroom stuff. We didn't have toothbrushes or toothpaste or deodorant or anything for this morning. Y'all want to make sure you hug me after church. We went and got some toothbrush and toothpaste and de- deodorant, trust me. We had to we had to take our clothes for this weekend off the truck three times. Or we wouldn't have had any clothes to wear this weekend. I mean, they loaded everything. I think they loaded best... Best brace, and it was still on her leg. I, just, Karen. I put on Facebook I needed help. It got out to people I didn't even know. We got a house full of people. 97 was what I was told. 87. Whatever. We, we, we got a house full today. But let me tell you something. You know why? Because we put the word out. We told people. What would happen if we started telling people God's going to be there next Sunday? Well, we can say amen as church folk, but we know good and well. Most of us find something else to do. See, we've got to get to telling people what the good news of Jesus is. We've got to keep working. He didn't say tell them the good news. He said work at telling them the good news. The work part is difficult. Work is hard. Work takes energy. It causes you to sweat. It makes you step outside your comfort zone. It makes you do things you don't think you can do. But Paul says to Timothy, work at telling people the good news. Jesus is going to be at church Sunday. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Jesus. Jesus is gonna be at church. You gotta go. Jesus. Come on, you got Jesus is gonna be at church. Work. Work. I'm I'm pulling him. <laughs> you gotta work at it. We have a big couch with two power recliners on either end of it. It took several people working to get that couch through that door. We got it into the garage, and I said, Psych, we're staying. Move that back in. And they were like, No, you're going. I told him I confessed my sin to him because I believe I remember that when we moved that couch in, I believe I said, If we ever leave here, the church is getting this couch. But then I said, No, I'm taking my couch. We had to work. We had to work to get it. But yet we won't work to share the gospel of the good news. If it's easy, we'll witness. But Paul tells Timothy, you got to work at it. You got you to push. You got to sweat. You got to try. Or, as my mama always said, don't try, do it. We got to work at work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you fully carry out the ministry God has given you can I tell you something can I be honest Ellen can I be honest today she always tells me no I can't be honest God called me, and God called me to Chillicothe for a season. But the ministry that God has called you to, and the ministry that God has called this church to, is not about me. He says, "Fully carry out the ministry. This church is to be a harbor for hurting souls. Harbor." a hurting soul until we have fully carried that out we can't stop until this body has understood that that ministry goes beyond the office of a pastor your pastor is important when your new pastor gets here you better take care of him you need you need to do everything you can to protect him or her you need to you need to do whatever you can to provide for them you need to strive and push oh you need to say i want to we want to make sure that every need of his is taken care of and many of his wants are taken care of they are important but the ministry god called you to is more than a pastor The ministry God called you to is more than just the ministry of this church. You can't give up on your ministry because a pastor leaves. You can't give up on your ministry because a leadership changes offices. You can't give up on your ministry because your mama said something or because your daddy said something. Sometimes to follow your ministry, you got to leave where you're at. Lee was part of us. To follow his ministry, he had to go. Why? Because that's where God led him. To fulfill the ministry that God had for him, he had to follow that ministry. Quit. Quit setting back and saying, I can't do. And fully. Carry out what God has called you to do. And every one of you in this room, if you're taking a breath right now, you have a ministry. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to work on it. You're going to you're gonna have to struggle to have a ministry. And you can't give up until you have fully carried out that ministry. As for me, Paul continues on. He says, as for me, you need to understand where I'm at. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have remained faithful. As for me, The time of my departure is at hand. The season that God called me to at Souls Harbor is done. I fought the good fight. And yes, I fought a few fights. I've run the race, I've done some running while I was here. Obviously, not physically. I've remained faithful. I was telling Sister Sarah before church, stand before you today. You look at my beard. Next year I should be able to play a full Santa Claus. A lot of white in that beard. There's some white speckles in my hair. Seven years ago when I got to Chillicothe, my hair was all black. Y'all can figure out where all the gray came from. No. You're still trying to blame it on other people. It, I, I, I fought the fight. I've ran the race. I, I I've endured. I've been through some stuff. I've had some great days here. And I've had some miserable days here. Let's just be honest. I've had day I've had days when I was like, Yeah! And I've had days when I was like, oh, My life has already been poured out. Before I ever got here, I had already put myself in God's hands when I interviewed for this church. I sat with the finance committee. If I remember right, it was Brother Delbo that asked the question. He looked at my resume and I had a lot of short-term stays. Two years, four years, 21 months. He said, how long do you plan on being here? And I thought, man, I have been bit by this question before. Just a little side note here. I love it because people are, how long are you going to stay? One of these days I'm going to look up and I'm going to say, well, how long are you going to stay? Because I outstayed a lot of people. Anyway. They said, how long are you going to stay? And the answer, I looked at him and I said, I said, I'm going to stay until God tells me to go. And not one second longer. And I got news for you. You don't want me to stay any longer than what God wants me here. Now, why do I give that answer? Not because I always want to be able to leave. Oh, I, I, I came here, I wanted this to be the longest place I'd ever pastored. And it was. I wanted my son to graduate high school. My my boys. I've got one son that bounced around all all of his all of his his childhood. I got another son that started in one school, halfway through his seventh grade year, and graduated from that school, and got a year and a half in a college before we left. He's got a hometown. He got he got friends here. We're going to get in the truck tomorrow, and I'm going to leave early. They're going to come behind me. They're going to pick up the dog at the kennel. I'm trying to figure out if we could just leave it there, but anyway. He's going to drive all the way to Indiana tomorrow, go to bed, get up Tuesday, and drive back to Chillicothe because he's going to spend New Year's Eve with some friends of his here, and then drive back on Thursday because he's got a job interview on Friday. Oh, God, give him a job. Um <laughs> Let me tell you something. I, I, wanted, I wanted that. I, I've got these desires I, I, I want. But I got news for you. Long before I ever come here, I poured myself out to God. And I said, God, whatever you lead me to do. Oh, I've walked it out a few times that I still don't even understand. I walked it out when I walked away from a good church to go start a church. I went from a nice pay package and a nice house to live in to nothing and lost everything I had. I, I don't understand why that plant didn't work. I don't all I know is God said go, I went. Some of y'all need to understand when God says witness, you witness. When God says bless you bless people some of you need to understand when god says stay you stay and when god says go you go i'm gonna tell you something as for me i gotta do what god says does it mean that i don't love you that i'm leaving because i don't like it here and i don't like this no i'm leaving because god moved my burden he removed some of the weight. I'm gonna tell you, as a minister, all of a sudden there's times that you look up and it's like, wow, I don't have the burden that I had. God lifted the burden before he opened the door. Y'all know me, I'm just I'm just transparent. God lifted the burden before he opened the door. There there was a came a restlessness in me because it was like I I can do the stuff, but it's doing stuff until God opened the door. And then it was like, oh, that fire. Does that mean that I was weak? No. It means that God is directing because I have been poured out before him. Some of you say, I don't understand what you're talking about. It's because you haven't allowed God to break you and pour you out yet. When God breaks you and pours you out, you quit worrying about what you like. You quit worrying about what you want. And you start flowing wherever God sends you to flow. Paul looks at Timothy. He says, I've been broken. I've fought the fight. I've run the race. I've been through it. And my time is done. But I've poured into you. I looked at Crystalline today, and I told her, this poor girl has been influenced by me. Poor, poor thing. Now, th- this girl's had three major influences in the last five years. Well, three couples, Brian and Anna Harris, Dwayne and J-Bay, And Pastor Tommy and Beth. And within a month, all three of those influences were out the door. And and, and she shed some tears. She didn't wear makeup today so it wouldn't run. Do you know what I told her? We've prepared her. And sometimes the people that have prepared you have to get out of the way for you to blossom. Paul looks at Timothy and says, Listen, these are the things you got to do, but as for me, my time's up. It's yours. You got to start moving. You got to start doing. I'm going to tell you, church, you keep an eye on these two. They're not just the future of this church, they are this church. This church will be dead and in the grave without this couple. Pastor, you put a lot of pressure on them. No, I'm putting pressure on you. You better listen to them. You you better follow. You better support. Because there's a big age jump from them to everybody else in the church. We've got to hang on. We've got to bless. As for me, my time's up. There's coming behind me in the next few weeks. There's going to be a new pastor. And he or she is going to preach different than I am, than I do. But they're going to have the word for the hour. They're going to have some different ideas than I had, but they're going to be the ideas for the day. I told you this a couple weeks ago. You may get a new pastor that never moves chairs again. And that's okay. That's okay. Let me tell you something. My time is over but there's somebody coming behind me that's going to take this church to a whole nother level they're going to take this church to places it's never been they may be older than me they may be younger than me they 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 may be louder than me they may be quieter than me can i i know i've got i gotta finish i know it's 12 o'clock but we've got food here so oh well Besides that, what are you going to do, fire me? <laughs> I sat over here during worship while ago. and over the last couple weeks I've looked around at all the people that wasn't in our church seven years ago. We have, we have two council members that wasn't in the church seven years ago. Now they're on our church council. Our worship leader wasn't in the church seven years ago. Now they lead worship. Our new treasurer, our old treasurer and our new treasurer wasn't in the church seven years ago. I, I began to see all these people. And then today I begin to look around. I begin to think back at how different the church physically looked seven years ago. How much change. You remember the screen that used to come down over here? The banners that hung where the TVs are, the white walls all the way to the floor. Do you remember when the door? Michael was pointing. Do you remember when the doors to the rooms were here? I I, I, I look around. You remember when we didn't have a cage to put Dwayne in? Wait, but. All of the things that, that have changed, all the flags, all the ministries that we've done, those were great. They've brought great memories. But when we talk about God's got this, we begin to ask, what's the next seven years going to look like? Mm, what's it going to look like when when we don't just change classrooms, we Add on to a building. What's it going to look like when you have a fellowship hall and a kid's church that they don't have to go outside and walk half a block to get to? What What's it going to be like when you got a youth room that you don't have to weed eat once in a while? In case you don't know, occasionally I'd walk out there, that building, and I'd tell Bradley or Brian, whoever was here at the time, Um, You need to weed eat your sanctuary because grass would grow up into the sanctuary along the sides of the walls. All the things that we've seen happen, how much more is God going to do? What Paul says to Timothy is, my time is over. Then he says, I'm going to receive a prize. The prize that God has laid before me. But that prize is not just mine. It's anybody's who eagerly looks who looks eagerly who eagerly looks forward to his appearing there's a prize coming for us for me and for you if we'll just put our eyes on Jesus Christ if we will run to what he's calling us for there's a prize ahead there's a prize in heaven that we're all going to get, but I believe there's some prizes on earth. There's some more Johnnies out there. It's hurting, it's suffering, and he came and found his way to this church and gave his heart to the Lord and found victory and peace and Tom's. Powerful testimony of provision. There's some Sarahs out there, and God's just going to back them into a corner and beat them up. She's don't what are you going to do? Cut me? I'm out of town tomorrow. (laughs) There, there. I go around this room. There's so many people. God has been giving us this church. Rick and Mary Jessen, they are a prize for this church. I'm going to tell you, she's agreed to become the treasurer. She needs some people to help start cleaning. And by the way, I've already got you one couple. Cody and Cassie said they would help. So uh, that, that whole pastor thing, I'm like, okay, can, we, can you do this? Can, I'm still pastor at the end of the day. All of a sudden, who's the next Rick and Mary that God's going to give this church a surprise? Well, I can tell you, it's them. This is the next Rick and Mary. Who's the next Johnny? Who's the next Sarah that's here right now but is only half committed? Who, who's the next Furman? And people, if you've got a question, this is who we all go to. Settler, Mike Rooks. I'll call. I'm gonna have to call Mike and just get some recordings of some. Oh my! I preach whole months just to get an. Oh my! Oh my! That means that I said something deep. Sometimes I hear "Oh my," and I'm like, "What did I say? <laughs> what did I?" There's some prizes. Him. Yeah. I work. And inviting her to church for a year. For a year. Here she is. Not just the day I'm leaving. She needs to get a little more. Be here a little more often. No. We've got prizes ahead of us. That'll be gems in this church. They'll be leaders. They will spark revivals. They will spark victories and powers if we will stay on track. How do we stay on track? By simply understanding God's got this. God's got this. This is not about a person. It's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about a building, it's not about a church name. It's about understanding that God's in charge. The only thing I ever want to hear that you tell the next pastor, Pastor Tommy did this, as I want to hear that you told the next pastor, God's got it. When he comes to you with vision that sounds crazy, God's got this. When he comes to you and he wants supermen hanging from the ceiling, God's got this. Maybe he'll be the one that gets a car in here. I never got a car in here. God's got this. We can do it. I've always wanted an airplane in the church. I haven't got that done yet either. God's got this. Let me tell you something. If we will live God's got this life. We will let God flow through us. We'll let God guide us into things that no man can direct. No man can envision. When you stand behind your next pastor and he comes up with something that nobody's ever thought of and you say, God's got this and I'm with you. This church will have no barrier. But if we start moving away from an idea that God's in charge, and we start trying to take charge, or we start trying to direct, or we start telling the pastor, "I don't know," that's something I, I got to tell you. I don't, I don't know any time that I heard. The whole seven years I was here. I don't know, pastor. Most say I, I, I don't. There's probably I'm sure there was something, but I I can't think of it right now. Uh, I got a lot of let's try it. We've had 14 different Wednesday night programs. Let's try it. See what happens. That's how you grow. Get behind your pastor. Support him. Those of you who are here today to say goodbye, if you don't have a home church, you better be here next week. Next Sunday will be one of two people will be here next Sunday. Either Bishop Powell will be here, who is a dynamic preacher. He'll preach the house down. But there's a chance that he may have to send somebody in his place. And if he does, it'll be Brother David Tennyson. And y'all might have a little bit of church next week if Brother Tennyson's here. Uh, Please do not get here next week and see Brother Powell and go, oh, Please don't do that. <laughs> Either one of them is going to preach the house down. You're going to have church. But I know this church really does love Brother Tennyson a lot. But um, they're going to be meeting with the council next next Friday night. Either Brother Powell will be here in person or he'll be meeting them through, through video conference next Saturday night. And from what he told me last night, he'll be presenting to the council some resumes next week. He's already got some resumes ready to go. God's got this. God already knows who your next pastor is. Pastor, what do we do now? You pray and you fast. You pray and you fast. And then when you find out who that pastor is, you drive them crazy. What do you need before you get here? How can we do this? How can we do that? And you support them from day one. God's got this. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you right now. Times of transition are difficult. But you've got this. the challenges that you're leading me to are daunting. You've got this. The challenges that this church faces seem massive, but you've got this. Lord, I pray a blessing over this church. Salvations, regenerations, outpourings of the Holy Ghost, revival, healing, deliverance, and freedom. Lord, I pray for the next pastor. Lord, I ask that you give them favor, favor in this community, favor in this body. Lord, I pray that you would let them come into this church and let them be met with the words of faith. God's got this. Pastor, wherever you want to lead us, God's got this. Pastor, whatever you want us to do, God's got this. We're with you. We're behind you. We trust you and we trust God. Lord, let victory flow from this church and let hundreds more hurting souls find safe harbor in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. For the last time, shake hands, be friendly, tell somebody you love them, everybody God loves them, you're dismissed.